You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode 41 of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind in existence. We want to thank very quickly but very deeply our parent company, Sick Biz Incorporated, and the people behind the mission working so hard every day to make sure that what we give to our community continues to improve their lives, to provide value, and to help them make life-changing level-ups in their every waking moment. Also, we have a brand new sponsor and a lot of fun stuff coming up with them. We are so happy to be paired with the Good Men Project officially. As some of you know, this is my first home and where all of my writing in a professional capacity began. I've been with them nearly four years, and I am so honored and thrilled and just plain overwhelmed with joy that the Good Men Project stands behind what SickBiz does for chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs. We will be sharing our podcast blogs and regular blogs on their site, as well as we will be hosting a special social interest group for people with invisible disabilities and chronic conditions. And this includes entrepreneurs, obviously, who fit that mold as well. Also this week, we have decided to expand our reach from entrepreneurs to freelancers and remote workers to ensure that people who are working alone and are living with challenging conditions will receive the support that they need. Rest assured, much is going on behind the scenes to continually improve your experience and to give you the validation, acceptance, the hope, the hacks, and the resources and support that you need to live your best life. Our guest today, Adam Lyons, is truly a lion-hearted soul. I met Adam when I was editing one of his books and I was highly impressed, not only with the content, but with where his message was coming from. And it was definitely originating from his lion heart. As is the case with so many people who provide the necessary and mind-blowing inspiration, that we all seek and that we all gravitate to, Adam came up the hard scrabble way. From that position in life, he became an international dating coach. He learned how to leverage incredible marketing potentials and has built a company, Psychology Hacker, as well as he is a psychology hacker. His company and his academy, Internal Advancement Institute, is dedicated to helping people discover the brain hacks and the power within themselves to change their lives. As he lives a changed life with the new title of Brain Hacker, so too does he want to help others change their lives. He is a client, but now he is a friend. And I am very delighted to share the airwaves with him today. Please welcome Adam. Lions. Adam Lyons is in my freaking digital studio. Like I'm, I'm so, my mind is just blown apart right now. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. I don't know if I, if I deserve that. I'm just, I'm really just a regular person. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I might be fangirling a little bit on you Aww. because I've got a peek inside your brain and, mm-hmm. um, I'm just so incredibly impressed with I don't, I don't know if it's how you compartmentalize and then attack and resolve, but there, there's just, 
uh, a very crisp and concise way that you communicate with people. So before I I go off my rocker here and <laughs> slobber all over you, let's what I tell people is this is the elevator speech segment. So let's tell people how did you get to today? Oh my gosh. Um so my background is I was a complete nerd at school. Um, I was a social outcast. Um, I was a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons player. And in my early 20s, um, I, and I, I was voted least likely to ever get a girlfriend by all my friends. Like everyone was like, you know, this guy's a complete loser with women, uh, you know, a loser at everything. In my early 20s, I had severe depression. Um, I would spend my evenings contemplating the most efficient way to commit suicide. Um, and at the age of 25, 26, I decided, I realized that basically I was never going to give up on life or I was going to do something about it. And so I went out on a journey to understand the female mind was how it started mm-hmm. um, and to work out what I was doing wrong. You know, why did women not like me? And rather than blaming them, I decided to blame myself and, and see what I could do to make myself better. Uh, rapidly, I became known as the number one dating coach in the world, traveled the world, helping men and women. Uh, get into the relationships they wanted. And then uh, my business was kind of struggling. And, you know, it ironically, when you help someone with their dating life, they stopped being a client. So it's the only business <laughs> in the world where the better you do, the less clients you have. And uh, I helped so many people get their relationships, their dream, they didn't need me anymore. So it's kind of like killing my own business. So I learned a lot more about business and marketing after that. And now I am the founder and CEO of a company called Psychology Hacker which essentially is similar to the dating stuff, but we also help people beyond that in terms of networking, social life, and also coming up business strategies, building businesses, specializing in uh, using organic content and uh, monetizing from that. And that's what I do today. So this is psychology hacking is fascinating because you are really providing actionable steps for people to take that they can apply to their own life to change their life and improve their life. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. You know, the, the idea is we're all aware of psychology and how it works, but very few of us attempt to control our own psychology. We're often victims of it. And one of the things I specialize in is I don't like the, you know, mumbo jumbo, airy fairy. If you believe in yourself, you can do it stuff. I like that if I do this, then that is the result I will get. And so with psychology hacking, we wanted to teach people, hey, this is how you can reclaim some of the psychology of what's going on in your head. This is how you can you know, if you feel you're a procrastinator, well, what if I told you that there were specific steps you could take so that your procrastinating actually drives you to be productive? And there are proven psychological principles that will help that and make that work. And so we teach those for people to give them practical solutions to help them with everything from making more money to improving their love life. And I love it because procrastination, first of all, and i I was exposed to this idea and I was exposed to what you're teaching people, although I haven't gotten the secret yet. But when I, when I, when I learned that, I thought, well, this is amazing because even saying that we have a psychology hack for procrastination, the very premise of that is very powerful because when you look at procrastination, and you look at solving it, it almost seems like it would be nearly impossible because how do you get somebody to take action on it? But you're, right. you, you're leveraging it, aren't you? Well, yeah, that's exactly it. You're, you're using the essence of where procrastination comes from. Most people just take it as an identity, say, I am a procrastinator. 
-hmm. they don't look at why they're procrastinating. And when they do, they'll come up with answers that actually aren't correct. They'll come up with things like, well, I just don't want to do it or, you know, I'm, I just keep putting it off. But, but it's not actually the reason. That's what's happening. You are putting it off. You do not want to do it. But why do you not want to do it? Why are you putting it off? And when you can get into the psychology of that, you'll actually find that the reason that people procrastinate is not because they want to do something better. So, you know, someone's like, oh, I just don't want to do that. But then they'll sit and, you know, I don't know, they'll do the dishes instead or they'll watch a TV show they don't really care about. It's yeah. very rare that someone will procrastinate and do something they love, which is insane if you think about it, because if I'm not doing something that I should be doing, well, then surely I'm going to do something I really want to do instead. But ironically, people don't. They end up doing nothing instead. And all they're doing is killing the time. And the reason that people procrastinate, if you can, if you can understand that reason, I'm, I'm more than happy to go. I can go into it now if you want. I can explain sure. it and give it to you. All right, so <laughs> the reason... <laughs> The reason that people procrastinate is actually because they're not giving themselves the thing they really, really want. And so they don't feel satisfied that they're getting the thing they want to do. So they don't feel that they should have to do the thing they have to do. And it creates a cycle because they didn't do the thing they have to do. They don't feel they deserve the thing they really want. So to be more specific, to make it simple, let's just say you really want to go on a two-day vacation to Cancun. You're like, I really, really want to go to Cancun for two days. But you're like, I can't really do that because I've got work to do. So I'm not going to go to Cancun. But because you're thinking about going to Cancun and you're not going because you've got work to do, your brain doesn't want you to do the work either because it's like, well, why the hell am I going to do work if I don't even get to go to Cancun? And mm -hmm. so you end up doing nothing. Okay. And, and one, okay, oh, let yeah, me just for pause for a second. Mm -hmm. I want to say shout out to my two children. You know who you are. I want you to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, so a really good way to make sure you get work done. And, and this is one of many, by the way, I, I've got a, we've got about like five or six different procrastination hacks that will solve procrastination for you. Oh. But one very simple thing to do is to go on the trip to Cancun. Because if you go on the trip to Cancun, when you come back, the guilt from giving yourself exactly what you want is often a driver to then get the work done. Oh, that makes so much sense, though. It's almost <laughs> like eat that dessert, and then your own guilt is going to, it'll drive you to have that grilled chicken breast salad later. Exactly. And this is only one part of it, because obviously it would be easy to then always just go on the trip to Cancun, rack up a bunch of debt, and then be like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. So, so it, <laughs> it's part of the solution. And that's what we do with psychology is we give people five or six different steps they can actually take. So now we've got this drive for them to succeed because if they've had their, their guilt, they've, they've created the guilt, they're like, holy crap, I need to work now. Now we've got them where they want to work. And I'm like, okay, cool. We know you want to work, but what if you only worked for 15 minutes? I'm like, what? 15 minutes? And you want to look at Look at the task you've been putting off for the last week, right? So let's just imagine, you know, Hillary, obviously you're great with books. So let's just say someone's been putting off writing a book for ages mm -hmm. and they put it off and put it off and put it off. And they're like, I want to write a book, but I don't do it. So I say to them, okay, 15 minutes, write a book for 15 minutes every day this week. You went on vacation to Cancun for two days. You owe yourself 15 minutes a day of writing a book. So for 15 minutes every day, they sit down, they write a book. Day one, they get a paragraph done. Day two, they write a page. Day three, they're back to only doing a paragraph. But by the end of the week, they'll have done three or four pages. 
then we revisit and check in. We're like, wow, you just wrote three to four pages of a book. How good does that feel? And like, that feels really, really good. And you go, could you keep doing 15 minutes a day every day for a couple of months? I'm like, sure. Next thing you know, within a couple of months, they found this hidden 15 minutes a day that didn't exist before. And now they've written, you know, the majority of a book or they've got the outline that they can give to you or, or how they can do it. And suddenly they got it done. They got something done they've been putting off forever. And, you know, so that's just two of the different psychology hacks combined. So we take the guilt, we combine it with a structure to give them work that's easy to do, that doesn't feel overwhelming. And next thing you know, they've got the success they want. And if you apply all of the different procrastination tips to get it done, um, we have one where like you only work on a task for a minute. Oh, so like, I'm going to do this task. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's the point. You're like, this thing I really don't want to do, I'll do it for one minute. And so you set an alarm for 60 seconds and you start doing the task just for 60 seconds. At the end of 60 seconds, you check in and ask yourself, do you want to finish it or are you done? And mm. the majority of people will say, no, you know what? I want to keep doing the task because <laughs> procrastination, all it does is stop you starting the task. It doesn't stop you doing it. It stops you starting it. And the main reason it stops you starting is because you don't feel you should work that hard because you haven't had the enjoyment that you want. You, you haven't got the reward. And it's really just our brain's balancing step. So it's, it's trying to balance the good with the bad. You know, so it's bad. like, well, I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get what I want, so I shouldn't have to work. But if you, can make it, if you can make yourself work for 60 seconds, you've already overpowered the procrastination element, and now, now it happens. And there are other elements, like, for example, willpower comes into play. You have more willpower in the morning than you do in the evening. Mm -hmm. So if you have a full-time job, you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, when I come home, I'm going to do this. You go to work. Then when you come home, you're like, I can't possibly do that. But that's because you, <laughs> <laughs> and it's because you right now it's like their hands are up. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reason for that is because you burnt your willpower out because it is like psychology has proven it. it is a proven finite amount. And actually the more willpower you need, the more you eat bad foods because glucose is directly linked to willpower. So as you, Every decision you make, you're burning willpower. Every decision from what clothes am I going to wear through to what do I need to do for this proposal? So you're, you, you crave nastier and nastier foods as you want the direct glucose to repair the willpower. Well, if we know that, and let's just say I'm running – I've got a job and I'm trying to run a business on the side, then I have to start my business first. So every morning I wake up three hours earlier than I want to. Sometimes I'm waking up at 3 a.m. if I'm in that scenario. And from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., I'm working on my business so that my business gets the best of my willpower. Then I go to my day job and I give my employee my second best self. Wow. That yeah. is so – That is so. and I know we only have a half an hour, but I'm like, <laughs> what, what would it be like? I, I, first of all, I have to have you come back. I hope you'll come back, and I hope you'll come <laughs> oh, back Oh, yeah, of course. Often. I'd love to. Seriously, love to. because this is mindset – hacking this is psychology hacking that people i don't think they've been exposed to before and i Thanks. love the part about the procrastination because it allows you to look at your guilt mm -hmm. and to actually see it instead of this negative thing oh this you know i feel guilty about this and that makes me feel like garbage and all this you see it as a tool you yes. see it as leverage which is absolutely amazing it's like a it's like a pry bar that's what your guilt is. Your guilt <laughs> yeah. is a pry bar to get you over the hump. And then you're using scarcity so that people actually want to complete the test. Because the, the hardest thing is starting. 
I really mm-hmm. think it is. I don't know why this. Yeah. Is, you know why it is because you're some kind <laughs> of <laughs> you're like Oz behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, it, no, but it is. It, it's it's it is the starting because that's what takes the willpower, and that is directly linked to the amount of glucose you've got. You wake up in the morning and you're fully charged. Your body's ready to go. You've slept. You have all your willpower there, and then literally, what do I wear today? Well, you just burn a chunk of the willpower. Oh. Um, I will, I will often wear the same outfit over and over again just so I don't have to decide what to wear. Like I, have, I buy multiples of the same thing. I, I hear you because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have a ton of like motivational T-shirts and then just very soft leggings. And that is my uniform every day. And they all go with each other. So all I can do is just yank them out. And that's it. There's not – my goal is to be clean and wearing clean clothes. That is my <laughs> – that's yeah. my, no, it's, so basic. It's great for work. For a work day, it's the best. And if you think about the best business minds you've ever met, you think about like Mark Zuckerberg, you think about um, Steve Jobs, they all wear the same outfit over and over again. It's not an accident. They're doing it to reduce the willpower they use in the morning so they can save it for the things they want most. So this is crazy. So I want to jump into a word association game with you. But sure. when you but when you come back um, on your next episode, I'm already planning out, like on episode it. five, we'll have it. <laughs> I love it. But, oh, good. Okay, so when you come back, I do want to um, dig more into the glucose connection because I think that's fascinating. And it's really, oh, yeah. it's like this uh, subconscious harbinger that people do not understand. Why is it harder? Why is it harder? But there are physiological reasons that it's harder. And when you know that, you can work with it. And, and so I think that is a tremendous insight to share today. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, and this is the thing, like, it's just, there are things that we take for granted. The yeah. science has already answered. We already have studies that prove things. Um, and we don't, they don't have to be mysteries, you know, like, like one of my favorites, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about it next time as well is, uh, love is not an emotion. Science has known love is not an emotion for a very long time. And yet we will still refer to love as an emotion. And by referring it to it as an emotion, we believe that we are a victim of love. Whereas the reality is love is a, a, a chemical in the brain that is not only monitorable, like I can hook you up to a machine and monitor your levels of love, but oh. it can be controlled and used effectively. So you don't have to have outbursts of, of, of love drama affecting your life or your business, but you can actually mm-hmm. really control it in a good way. Like, you know, so you don't like suddenly think, oh my gosh, what's going on with my partner? What's happening? And you can be like, no, you know what? My partner's great and I'm great and the world's great and I don't have to worry about this. Um, and, and that the same can be said for many different things that we regard as emotions that are actually not emotions and they're, they're brain chemicals. Amazing. That is amazing. So my husband has been injecting me with a love chemical every... Deacon Jastrom, I know what you've been doing now, okay? <laughs> you are so not wrong, by the way. That's so, so accurate um, right? and, and vice versa. Yeah, but what's, what's fascinating with this is that love chemical also gets triggered um, not just by emo- like quote-unquote emotional love, like romantic love that people typically think of as love, but that love chemical gets triggered by uh, if you work on your business in a good way, it can get triggered. So you can be quote unquote, in love with your business. And it can completely change the way that you run your business because you're making emotional decisions or you think you're making emotional decisions, but they're actually chemical decisions. And, you know, once you get control over that, 
you can start actually making the right kind of choices for your business versus what you feel is the right choice because you're not actually feeling anything because it's not emotion and it's a chemical reaction and that chemical reaction is triggered because of an automatic response and so you're making bad decisions but you convince yourself that that's what your heart wants because we've confused love and we think it is an emotion and it isn't it doesn't it doesn't make us happy the chemical is being triggered by something and as long as that chemical is triggered we will continue to make the bad decision oh my goodness that's amazing and on the flip <laughs> side then too like you can actually fall in love with your business oh completely and and if you fall in love with your business in the right way for the right reasons then your business will flow itself you don't even you know you don't even have to work for it um, no and that's, and yeah that's the key i agree with you too and that especially like when you fall in love with your business, because I am like a lovesick puppy in my businesses right now. Like it is just ridiculous. I'm like, my businesses follow me around like a puppy all the time and they love me and whatever. And it's wonderful. And I follow them and, and you're feeling the same thing, but it's amazing because that can be scary. That can be scary mm -hmm. when people get to that stage and what I tell people, and see what you think of this, and see what you sure. tell people, I think this would be interesting. Um, when you get to that stage of fear, try and not lock into those emotions, but focus mm -hmm. on the action to move forward. So I'm mm -hmm. going to be, I'm going to feel this way, but I know I still need to do X, Y, and Z. Like when my kids were growing up, and I've said this before, <clears throat> when they needed to do the dishes, they would say, oh, I don't want to do the dishes. And I would go, well, it doesn't really matter how you feel about them. <laughs> they need, you know, they need to be done. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you, for, for running a business, you need to remove emotion. And that's why it's so important to understand that love isn't an emotion. Love is a chemical reaction. So I don't want emotion to affect my business, but I also want to make sure that if I am in love with my business, that I understand where that comes from. And I know it's not an emotion. So it's not a feeling that's impacting my business. It is a chemical reward my body is giving me because my business is fulfilling a need that I have. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and I have to make the decision of, is this a healthy need that's being fulfilled or should I be getting this fulfill fulfillment from my partner? Because yes. if I'm replacing my partner with my business to get the chemical reaction that my body craves, that's dangerous. On the other hand, if I am fulfilled in my relationship or if I'm single and I want to fall in love with my business, that's absolutely fine as well. But I need to know it's a chemical reaction, not an emotional one. And then when emotion, when an opportunity for real love comes into my life to understand that if I fall out of love with my business, but in love with my partner, my business doesn't have to fail right? because my business is nothing to do with the chemical reaction, the chemical reactions in me. Yeah, Absolutely. That's amazing. Your business has nothing to do with the chemical reaction. The chemical reaction is in you. Yes. And exactly. I, I wanted to repeat that so people heard that and kind of drive home that point. It's a very important discerning factor. Yeah. Your, your business is like a car. It mm -hmm. cannot love you. No matter how much you love your car, your car cannot love you. And so if I, if I believe my car is fulfilling a need for me or my business is fulfilling a need for me, it isn't actually fulfilling that need. I just believe yeah. it is. And once I understand my brain chemicals, I can actually move them and make sure that I'm fulfilling that need somewhere else. Like I'm fulfilling that need with my children or my, my partner or, or whatever it is that I'm doing. And my car will still be my car. My business will still be my business. It will still function and do what it's supposed to do. Yes. Now, 
I still want to care for it because I want to look after the things that I care about. But, and it's, it's starting to understand this. And I call it taking control of your emotions and, and understanding the difference in emotion and a chemical reaction, because we get love is a chemical reaction, not an emotion. Um, yeah. you know, science, science has only identified six emotions. And by the way, if anybody ever wants to test this, it's really simple. Um, so I'll, I'll give you some of the emotions that do exist, which is like happiness, fear, and anger. Turn around to any child and ask them to show you happiness and they will smile and then tell them to show you fear and they will act scared and then tell them to show you anger and they'll show you an angry face and then ask them to show you love. And they can't because love isn't an emotion. We can't, we can't display it. We can only do things to trigger it because it's a chemical reaction, not an emotion. Amazing. That is just like, you're just cutting right through the clutter of of this emotional clutter. It's amazing. And Mm -hmm. just really fine tuning and defining. That's the important thing. It really is to define what you're talking about, what it is, what is its structure? Where does it originate from before talking about it? Yeah, that's exactly it. All right. So are you ready to play a game? Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. Word association. Word association. Woo! Here we go. <laughs> All right. When I say the following five words, one at a time, and then give mm-hmm. me one short sentence of what you think about, or you can give me a word and then explain why you chose that word in a short sentence. Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. Competition. Uh, tournament. I used to be a professional fencer. And so I would travel the world. I competed representing uh, London and uh, Africa at different points, actually. So, uh, so yeah, for me, competition almost always comes down to tournament. Uh, that and uh, we have a, uh, a a YouTube channel where we play a competitive board game. Oh, so, uh, yeah. so, yeah, for me, competition truly does just mean to compete. Excellent. Success. Uh, funny enough, the first thing that came into mind uh, is the word six. Um, I don't know why the word six stepped into mind. Have I got like the book Six Steps of Success? I feel like that might be on my library or something. But yeah, the first the first thing that came into my mind is six. Um, I've spent the last few years really trying to like blank my mind and allow my mind to make its own decisions sometimes. So yeah, I don't even know why my brain thought six. I'm like looking in my library to see if I can see six steps of success. It might just be how much I like alliteration. But yeah, uh, and it's it's. It's probably a reflection of how often we write copy because we write a lot of copywriting in the office. So, oh, true. So yeah, so true. success, I think, is one of those words that pops up. So there you go. You're gonna get you can get it raw from me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, so. we love it. We're di- we are seriously <laughs> diving deep down into the prehistoric depths of your mind today. Um, I, I love it. Okay, impossible. Possible, without a doubt. Um, you know, I I love. Um, I think it was uh, Sherlock Holmes which is um, after, uh, uh, after removing every possible eventuality, whatever is left, no matter how improbable, must be the solution. Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just the concept there is no impossible. You remove all of the things it cannot be, and whatever you're left with, no matter how insane you think it is, has to be the solution. Love it, love it. Mm. How about pity? Um, I think for me, pity goes side by side with vain for some reason. It's the first word that popped into my head. Um, and I think that, you know, when I think of people that are vain and have vanity, I think I pity them. Um, I think that, yeah, people that are, 
you know, so focused on themselves internally that I think they're missing all of the the amazing things that are happening around them. Um, so yeah, I think the, the only people I truly pity are people that that are vain, that are you know just so into their own world yeah. that they're they're missing the beauty of what's around us. Gorgeous. Okay, relationships. Uh, love, without a doubt. And actually, when you said relationships, the first thing that popped into my mind is is my own partners because. Uh, I, I, we didn't didn't make a point of it here, but you know I, I'm in love with two beautiful women. We the three of us all live together in a home, and so relationships automatically makes me think of my own relationship. Oh, I uh, love it! I love it. And you have four beautiful children, including your very first girl, Ivy Jessie, yeah. right? Ivy Jessie Lyons. Yep, that's yes. uh, my first little girl. Ugh, and you're just a big pile of mush, probably. I am pretty much. <laughs> not gonna fight it just not gonna fight yeah just accept it final question for you go for it it goes fast i'm telling you what it goes fast especially when we just kind of keep you know ping 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 this is like a game of do you remember the old-fashioned game of pong (laughs) i do i do it's great that's what this this has been like pong for me (laughs) (laughs) okay final question what is the one thing people don't know about you? Oh, God. I don't know if I can say that. Um, oh, my uh, God. Come so, on. <laughs> it's pretty bad. No, um, let me think. What is the one thing people don't know about me that I'm willing to state publicly, I think, is, uh, is, is the caveat that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add there because I don't think the world needs to know that much about me. Um, one thing people don't know about me is that um, I am a, I used to be incredibly competitive, um, obviously with the tournaments and everything. And in the last five years, I have lost the competitive spirit. Um, and I believe that's partly because I am focused on helping my family succeed where they want to. And my new competition, like my new drive is for them and not myself. And that was a big eye-opening thing for me. And I think a lot of, you know, I think a lot of adults and parents have probably crossed that line. But to go from, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be the best in the world, I'm going to crush this, to someone that's like, no, I'm going to do everything for all the people around me that I love. Um, you know, I, I think it's a, a standard thing that people go through. But but it's, it's, very, um, it's a very warm feeling to have that competitive drive that I suppose I'd describe as a hot feeling where like I have to achieve all the time that moves into a, I'm very open to a welcoming, warm growth that benefits all of those that I love. Oh, hot feeling. I love that because that's exactly what it's like. It's it's like this hot, streaking feeling coming after you and you just have to answer it. You can't ignore something that's hot. You mm-hmm. either have to yeah. turn it down or you have to outrun it or you have to learn to live with it. Or, But it's you can't. You can't ignore it. You have to have some sort of reaction to it. I love that. Yeah. And I think it was like, it was an intense focused beam on myself. Yes. Um, you know, talking about vanity and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And as I've aged and come into my family, that beam has become more dispersed and it's reduced from being a hot drive to a warm, loving glow for the people that I care about. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a much more balanced feeling. So, so if anybody feels that heat driving them and they're worried that, you know, they're missing out on life. I think, you know, once you start finding the family and diverting that beam, like portions of it into the people you love, you'll find it naturally reduces, but still gives you the drive every day to push ahead. And this is so true 
as far as, I mean, when I was in high school, you know, I would look at like the cool group or whatever, and they had the money and they had the clothes and, and we were just poor. We were just poor. There's no way about it. We never told anybody or whatever, but, and, and so you used to think success would be if I were them, if I had that money, if I lived in that house, if I had their life, if I had their friends, if I had their this, and then you start to find your own success and it becomes a totally different definition when you move outside of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Absolutely. much more, it's an emotional investment, most definitely. So um, I want to thank you so much for being here, Adam. Um, it was an absolute honor and pleasure to have you. And I think you really helped a lot of people today think about themselves and their habits and their propensities. And I think you helped them to move forward. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. I, I really hope I did. And thanks for having me. Totally down to come on anytime. Let me know. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So many times what we want to reach in our lives and the targets that we set our eyes on in our hearts are actually in our control. We may have voices that are deafening in our heads that are screaming at us that we are incapable of succeeding. We may have voices outside of our heads that we may be aligned with people or close to people whose deliberate or accidental sabotage we can't even recognize. So we set ourselves up and we stay in a cycle of not living to be our best self because we simply don't believe we can. Our disbelief in our ability to accomplish anything simply doesn't exist. Years of emotional battery, years of subtle or none too subtle cage rattling, years of simply living in the midst of turmoil and trauma and failure. These things teach us that we shouldn't succeed. They are dangerous accomplices that can definitely get in the way of you finding your ideal and continuing happiness. Adam Lyons lived through that. He saw through the barriers in his life, even as a very young man. He sloughed off what he had been conditioned to believe about himself. He set the loftiest goals and he knocks them out of the park one by one. And this is a practice he does every single day. Once he proved to himself that he could do it, he turned to the rest of the world and said, I want to help you. He is a phenomenal human being. And if you would like to work with Adam, please head on over to his Facebook page, Psychology Hacker, and get in touch with him. In the short amount of time that I have known him, he has absolutely become one of the most memorable people I have ever met. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to visit sickbiz.com for some of the greatest, most inspirational content, resources, hacks, and support that's available to our very special community of chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, freelancers, and remote workers. You can listen to the podcast, find a job if you need to on our job board, and we always have new opportunities coming up with different companies to allow you a variety of choices for your professional occupation. In addition, if you are feeling like you could use some mental health support, we've got you covered. We're working in conjunction with a couple of mental health resources to make sure that our beautiful community is taken care of and there's no stigma for reaching out and getting the help that you need. 
In fact, in this world today, it is becoming rarer for people not to need some assistant, assistance in their life to move forward and to overcome emotional and mental hurdles. Finally, don't forget to text SICKBIZ to 36260 and receive our resources in the palm of your hand. Yes, that's right. You can get it right to your phone and listen to our podcast. Look for a job online, a mental health resource, or simply immerse yourself into one of our many blogs offering the tools that you need to get ahead. So much inspiration, so much encouragement, so much love and acceptance is waiting for you. You might even think of this app as a coach in your pockets. We have lots of other things coming up as well, and you will want to be part of our SickBiz Facebook group. We'll be auctioning off a painting by a very well-known artist, and we are always running some sort of promotion or giveaway, and it's a lot of fun and certainly not to be missed. That's it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Until next time, be well.